Man, it's awesome seeing you guys here today. But before we launch in, I, want, I just want to take care of a couple, uh, couple business of the house here today. Um, let, let, me, uh, let me say this. If you've been at Summit for any length of time, uh, you've known uh, that, uh, that Stephen uh, is, is only with us for a short period of time, six months. Well, next Sunday is Stephen's last day here at Summit. All right, so uh, so Stephen, stand up, raise your hand, raise your hand, stand up. Let's all give Stephen a round of applause, man. We love Stephen, and and so so here's what we're doing. So next Sunday, you come, man. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate uh, Stephen's time here with us. And here's what Stephen needs to know that he has no idea about. Uh, and here's what maybe you don't you don't know. Uh, Stephen and I are first cousins. So that means I have very embarrassing photos of him. And I also put together all the slides that you look at every Sunday. And so I just want to tell you, Stephen, in front of this entire church, that next Sunday, because it's your last day and you're leaving, I will embarrass you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for your service. All right? Praise the Lord for that. That's how we roll here at Summit. It's all about building people up here. We're just trying to build people up, make them feel good. Um, hey, uh, one more thing, though, before we jump in, before we jump in. Um, and, and, and so because of that, you, you've seen a lot of new faces appear, and, and so, 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 man, so, so we're just excited for, for uh, new people that want to serve in our worship ministry. If you want to be a part of it, uh, hey, uh, on the back of your connection card, you just flip it over, indicate on the back, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to sing, I'd like to play an instrument, I'd like to dance. Uh, we, don't let, we don't do that here, but uh, well, you can. I mean, we don't have a dance team, but if you want to get up here and dance, we'd all look and laugh. Um, but, um, but you can do that here. Just write that on the back of the card, drop that in the offering plate there, and we'll, and we'll uh, get in touch with you. But here's something, something else, make, make an announcement. Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, that night you're going to get all the details about it uh, starting tomorrow. We, I mean, literally, just this morning it came together. We've been trying to put it together, and it just came together this morning. We're going to have a big Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl party, Super Bowl bash at the Armory uh, right here in town. All the details will, uh, be, uh, will be out tomorrow. We'll put them out on Facebook, on our website, all kinds of different things, and you'll hear about everything next Sunday. Next Sunday you'll have the opportunity to sign up to, uh, to bring some food for that because it's Super Bowl party we want to eat and, and here's the thing here's the thing about Super Bowl party let's eat as unhealthy as we can for a couple of hours we can all push through together and you need to know that for me uh, a, a major food group is buffalo wings I believe that when we get to heaven uh, we will see buffalo wings at the wedding feast of the lamb uh, and so um, so so you, so let bring all kinds of food sign up for whatever God leads you to bring buffalo wings all right that's 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 the hint that's on the table all right, so hey, we're going to pray. We're going we're to wrap up our series that we've uh, been doing for the past couple of weeks, Know Your Enemy. So let's pray, uh, and we're going to jump in. If you do have a Bible, you can go ahead and uh, do some uh, work to get ahead of us. Matthew chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. Matthew chapter 4, if you want to turn there. But I'm going to pray. We're going to jump in. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for everything that you have done this morning. God, I thank you for every man, woman in the audience today. God, and I thank you that you brought us here because, God, you want to speak to us. And so, God, I pray that that's what you would do. God, I pray that you would help us to listen to you right now. God, I pray that our hearts would be in tune with you, Jesus, because I know that as we talk about the devil today, he is going to try to distract us. He is going to try to get our attention on other things. He is not going to want us to hear what we're going to talk about today. And so he's really going to be at work in the room. But the devil is defeated. Jesus, we praise you that you've beaten Satan. And so God, I pray that you would speak to us. Help us to end this series strong today. God, I pray that, that as, we, as we move 
along here in your word, God, that you would work in people's lives, that decisions would be made and lives would be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we are, like I said, we were wrapping up our series, uh, three-week series that we've been in called Know Your Enemy. And what we've done every single, uh, every single uh, uh, part of this series for the past couple of weeks, and we're wrapping it up today, is we're looking at the enemies that the Bible says that we all have. And, and, and when we say we all have them, we mean that we all have them. If you're here and you're, you're not a Christian, or you're here and you've been a Christian for years, the enemies that we've been talking about week in, week out, these are everybody's enemies. And so we've talked about the world. Uh, last week we talked about the flesh, and today we're talking about the devil. And when we talk about the devil, here's what, here's what I know when we talk about the devil. I know that everybody in here has an opinion about who you think or what you think the devil is. I mean, if, if we went around right now, if I went around, I'm not going to do this, but if I went around, if I went to every single person, just started by Rose and went to everybody in the room, and I asked you one question, what do you think about the devil? Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has an opinion about who the devil is. And so maybe your opinion matches this this morning. Can we get all the lights turned down here? And watch, the, the, watch this up here on the screen. Let's turn it up real loud. Maybe your opinion of the devil matches this. Go ahead, guys. Say, I haven't seen a house out here for miles. What are you doing out in the middle of nowhere? Well, I had to be at that there crossroads last midnight to sell my soul to the devil. Well, ain't it a small world, spiritually speaking? Pete and Delmer just been baptized and saved. I guess I'm the only one that remains unaffiliated. This ain't no laughing matter, Everett. What'd the devil give you for your soul, Tommy? Well, he taught me to play this here guitar real good. Oh, son, for that you traded your everlasting soul? Well, I wouldn't use me. I've always wondered, what's the devil look like? Well, of course, they're all manner of lesser imps and demons, Pete, but the great Satan himself is red and scaly with a bifurcated tail, and he carries a hay for him. Oh, no. No, sir. He's white. As white as you folks. With empty eyes and a big hollow voice. He loves to travel around with a mean old hound. That's right. Yeah, so there you go. So, so maybe, maybe that is, is your opinion of the devil, right? guy in a red jumpsuit, walks around, he's, he's got a pitchfork in his hand, the tail and the horns. Maybe, maybe that's your opinion of the devil. Or maybe you're here and your opinion of the devil is that he doesn't, he doesn't even exist. So, so you've come this morning, people have invited you, and you're just kind of testing out the water spiritually, but when it comes to the devil, you think, oh, you know what, there's no such thing in the devil. That's the devil. The, the devil's a myth. He's a made-up legend. There's just no such thing. I don't believe in the devil. And listen, if that's where you're at today, then, then you are in a great place, okay? Uh, because, because you're not asking any questions. You're not making any statements that nobody up here that you've seen on this stage this morning has not already asked. You're not asking any question that people in this church haven't asked before. So you're in a safe place today if that's where you're at. But maybe when it comes to the devil, you just don't believe that he exists. Maybe you're here and you do believe that the devil exists and you're scared to death of the devil, right? So, so you think that the devil is going to jump out at you from behind every single corner, out of every bush. You think that the devil has possessed all of your family. I mean, that's the reason your husband or your wife is the way that they are because they're possessed by the devil, right? Don't look at them. But you're scared to death of the devil. Or maybe you're here, you believe in the devil, but when you think of the devil, you just think, ah, whatever. 
He, he, he's not that big of a deal. <clears throat> well, see, when the Bible describes the devil, here's what the Bible tells us about who Satan is. The Bible tells us that God created Satan. In fact, God created Satan and he was originally an angel. In fact, the most beautiful of all the angels. But Satan saw God's position and wanted that position. And so he tried to overthrow God, which is always a bad move. You never do that. Why? Because God is God. Satan was a created being. Satan's not God. God and Satan are not on equal grounds. And so God throws Satan out of heaven. And now, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 tells you and me that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So Satan is constantly on the prowl looking to take people out. He's looking to take you out. He wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to stop anything and everything that God would want to do in and through your life. And so if you are going to stand against everything that Satan will throw at you, then you've got to know how he works. You've got to know how he works and how you can fight the devil. And so today, what I want us to do, I want us to look from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. So if you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and open up there. And this is going to be a, a really familiar passage of, uh, of the Bible probably for a lot of you, even if you don't have a church background. This is Jesus being tempted by the devil. And I want us to see today how Satan attacked Jesus and how Satan will attack us and how we can fight what he wants to do. All right, so let's read this. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. If you don't have the Bi a Bible with you, the words are going to be right up here on the screen behind me. It says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came, that's the devil. And the tempter came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he, that's Jesus, answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Here's, Satan is quoting the Bible, all right? Nobody knows the Bible except, for, except God, but nobody knows the Bible better than Satan. Satan knows the Bible better than anybody here in the room today. And he's quoting the Bible, but the problem is he always misuses it. He never quotes it correctly. Satan quoting the Bible, he says, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone. Say, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering. See, what I want us to see today is that the exact same way that Satan tempts Jesus will be how he'll tempt you. The same way that Satan just tempted Jesus is the exact way that Satan will tempt you. And the way that Jesus beat Satan is the exact same way that you will beat Satan. The way that Jesus just fought the devil, what we read, is the exact same way that we will fight the devil. And so what I want us to do, I want us to see three areas 
where Satan is going to try to attack you and then come back at the end and talk about how can we fight the devil. Three areas that Satan's going to want to attack your life. First area, here it is. The first area that Satan's going to want to attack your life is your identity. Satan will try to attack your identity. Let me ask you this question here. You answer by a show of hands. Um, <clears throat> how many of you have ever had your identity stolen? Anybody in the room ever had their identity stolen? Wow, that's the first time I've ever asked that. People have actually uh, had that happen. Yeah, so you've had people steal uh, really cru uh, crucial information about you, use it, and just horrible things happen. So there you go. You've had your identity stolen. There you go. Um, let me, let, okay, let me ask uh, this question. How many of you have ever tried to steal someone's identity? Anybody? Anybody? It's, there you go. Hey, there you go. Hey, it's okay to be okay. You're at some, uh, not be okay. You're at some. It's fine. All right. Police are in the back, though. Um, there you go. Right? See, what Satan is trying to do here, Satan is trying to steal Jesus' identity. Because I don't know if you saw this or not, but when Satan comes to Jesus and he says it over and over, but Satan in verse 3 comes to Jesus and he says, if you're the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, and to be honest, Jesus, the jury's still out. We don't know. See, what we didn't read is that it's already clear that Jesus is the Son of God. Because right before Jesus is in the wilderness with the devil, Jesus is baptized. And at Jesus' baptism, God the Father says from heaven, this is my son. But now here's the devil looking at Jesus and saying, hey, you know what? What if God got that wrong? What if you're not the son of God? I mean, Jesus, people have been talking for centuries that you're coming. People have been anticipating this, looking for this. Hey, what if you're not that guy? I mean, sure, God says that you are. But what if he's wrong? And listen, ultimately the reason that Jesus beat the devil is because Jesus knew who he was. I'm convinced that one of the reasons that so many Christians walk through life and they, and they struggle with the same sins over and over, they see very little victory in their lives, they walk around and they're discouraged all the time and they, don't, they have real little sense of, of purpose and, and, and God's will for them is because they have little to no clue about who they are in Christ. They, they don't know their identity. And listen to me, if you're here and you're a Christian, you have a new identity. If you're here today and you're a Christian, you've given your life to Jesus, you want to live for him, you want to follow him, if you're a Christian, then you have a new identity. I'm telling you that if you're a Christian, everything has changed. Everything has changed. I'm, and, and I don't know if you have a hard time believing that. Maybe you had a bad week. Maybe you had a bad morning. Maybe you need a little bit of extra kick of caffeine. We got some coffee going in the lobby right now. We got donuts. Oh my gosh, have you had the donuts? That's why I come, the donuts. Some of you will get that later. That was good. But so many Christians don't know who they are. And here's what Satan will do. Satan will come at you and he'll say, all you are are your past mistakes. You are that sin that you've been struggling with for years. You are that bad decision. You are that divorce. You are a bad parent. God will never use your life in any significant way so that he'll come to you over and over and over relentlessly so that you start to believe that first and foremost, that's who you are. You're your failures. You're your mess-ups. You're all the time that you've dropped the ball. But listen, I'm telling you that if you're here and you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, first and foremost, you're a new creation. First and foremost, you're forgiven. First and foremost, you are totally accepted by God. First and foremost, you are perfectly loved. 
perfectly cared for by Him. First and foremost, you have a new identity in Christ, and that's who you are. Not what the world says about you, not what your friends say about you, not what the devil says about you. What God says about you is the truest thing about you. And so here's Jesus, and Jesus is alone with the devil in the wilderness, and he hasn't eaten in 40 days. Oh my gosh! Right? Some of you haven't eaten in 40 minutes. You don't know if you're going to make it. Right? He hadn't eaten in 40 days. But listen, first and foremost, Jesus was not hungry. First and foremost, Jesus was the Son of God. Here's Jesus. He's alone in the wilderness with the devil. Listen, that's not a camping trip I'm signing up for. I'm not in on that one. But first and foremost, Jesus was not lonely. First and foremost, he was the Son of God. He never forgot who he was. Christian, listen to me. Never forget who you are. Never forget who you are. But Satan will try to get you to forget you. Forget who you are. Because he'll try to attack your identity. Also, Satan will try to attack your faith. Satan will try to attack your identity. And number two, he'll try to attack your faith. And so after Satan comes to Jesus and he says, if you're the Son of God, then Satan tries to come at Jesus' ability to trust in his heavenly Father. I mean, look at what he says here in verse 3. He says, if you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. I mean, good night. If you're the Son of God, you could turn this whole thing into a golden corral. Let's at least get some bread on the table for an appetizer, Jesus. Because I don't think God's going to take care of your needs. And Jesus doesn't give in to that, and so Satan tries again, and Satan takes Jesus to the top of the highest temple in Jerusalem, and he says, hey, if you're the Son of God, won't you just jump off? Because if you're the Son of God, God wouldn't let anything happen to you, would he? Surely God will protect you, won't he, Jesus? And Jesus doesn't give in to that. And so Satan's final tactic is to show Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. And he looks at Jesus and he says, listen, I know that God's made all kinds of promises in your life. I know that people say you're the king of kings and the Lord of lords and that all things are going to be put under your feet. But hey, you don't really think that God can pull that off, do you? Won't you just cut out the middleman and fall down and worship me and all this stuff's yours right now? See, Satan is trying to get Jesus to doubt God. Hey, you don't think God cares for you, do you? Hey, you don't think God's going to provide for you, do you? Hey, you don't think that God's going to work in your life in a great way, do you? And if we're honest, there are some of you in the room and you're struggling with the exact same questions. You're struggling with the exact same questions. You're looking at your circumstances and all you think is, I don't know if God's going to come through. I don't know if God's going to fix this. The, the money is too low. The bills are too high. I don't know if God's going to meet this need. Maybe you're here and you're looking at your life and this has been a really difficult season for you. You've been hurt. You're suffering. This, you've been through a great trial and you never thought you would think this way, but all of a sudden there's this thought rolling over and over in your mind and it says, I don't know if God can be trusted. I don't know if He's as good. That's what I've always heard. Or maybe you look at your life and you think, you know what, God's never going to use me in any significant way. God's never going to work in my life. I guess the only thing that God wants me to do is to get up early, put my pants on, and come to church. God's never going to use me. And see, the way that Satan tries to attack your faith is all he does is he plants one lie in your soul, one lie in your heart, just like a little seed. And over time, if you don't deal with that lie that's been implanted in your heart from the devil, over time, 
years later, you look back and you thought, hey, I was going to be faithful to God. I was going to walk with Him. And then years later, you've walked away. You become the kind of person that people at the church you used to go to, they have conversations like this about you. When your name's brought up, people say this. Hey, do you remember when so-and-so went here? Where'd they go? What happened to them? What happened to them was right back here. Satan put a lie in their mind. Just some little question that hung around. Just some little doubt. And it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And over time, your faith was destroyed. Because Satan's going to try to attack your faith. Last thing, number three, that Satan's going to try to attack. Satan will try to attack your destiny. Satan will try to attack your destiny. And see, when we say destiny, what we mean by destiny is your future. Where, where your life is going. What God is going to do through your life. And Satan knew where Jesus' life was going. Satan hated where Jesus' life was going because he knew that Jesus' life was going to the cross. He knew that Jesus' life was going to go to the resurrection. And if that happened, it was over. And so everything he's trying to do here is he's trying to get Jesus away from his destiny. And Satan will try to attack you at the point of your destiny. Because listen, Satan hates what God could do through your life. Satan hates what God could do through your life. And so what Satan will do is all he wants you to do, and we said, I said I was going to say this last week, and so here it is. All Satan wants you to do is to quit. Just quit. And see, Satan's been at this lying game, this deceiving game since day one, so by now, he's really good at it. And what you need to know is Satan knows how to bait the hook of every single individual in such a way that it looks really good for you and could cause you to make the decision to quit. I've seen it over and over and over. Maybe for you, the hook is sexual temptation. And for me, I have a lot of friends who are leaders in churches. I see leaders in churches who are friends of mine make these kinds of decisions all the time and destroy what God wanted to do through their life. And at the front, maybe, and at the front, they thought it was just going to be some little gradual decision, you know? Hey, Mark, there's a girl in my church. There's this lady in my church, and she's really been hurt. She's going through a lot, so I'm just going to spend a little extra time with her. And they start to spend a little extra time with that woman. And then all of a sudden, hey, I'm just going to start sending her text messages. Hey, all of a sudden, I'm just going to make some phone calls, just check up on her. And then all of a sudden, there's late-night meetings. Then there's secret meetings. And then there's an affair. Satan knows how to beat her. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's financial temptation. Maybe it's just to quit. Maybe it's just not even to be here. Some of you, you know, and God knows, you're on the verge of never coming back. Because we said this last week, Satan knows that the more you miss it is to come back. Just quit. Just quit. See, Satan is going to try to attack you at the point of your identity, your faith, and your destiny. But the good news is that Jesus has beaten the devil. Jesus has beaten the devil in your place. And the same way that Jesus fought the devil is the exact same way that you and I will fight the devil. Because I don't know if you saw what Jesus did here. I don't know if you saw what Jesus does over and over in this passage. But the way that Jesus fights the devil is that Jesus quotes the Bible to Satan. 
So, Jesus, so, so Satan comes to Jesus and he says, hey Jesus, turn these stones to become bread. In verse 4, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus over and over and over quotes verses from the book of Deuteronomy and over and over the way that Jesus fights the devil is he uses the Bible to fight the devil. See, here's what you need to know about the Bible. Here's what you need to know about the Bible. The Bible is not a book. The Bible is a weapon. That's why Ephesians chapter 6 calls the Bible the sword of the Spirit. It calls the Bible the sword of the Spirit. And you know what you do with a sword, right? What do you do with a sword? You're in church, so let's get real violent in church, okay? Let's go. Let's do it. You're in church. There's no better place to get violent than in church. Some of you with a church background, you know what I'm talking about. We just brought up some stuff emotionally. What do you do with a sword? You kill things with a sword. You cut things off with a sword. You you take a sword and you run it through things that have got to die. And so when Satan comes at you and he starts to attack your identity and he says, hey, all you are is that divorce. All you are is that bad mistake. All you are is that messed up decision. Then you look back at the devil and you say to the devil that 1 John chapter 1 tells me that if I confess my sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Did I do that? Yes, but I am forgiven. It does not define me. It is not who I am. I am forgiven for that. You look back at the devil and you pull out the sword of 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, I am a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. When the devil tries to attack your faith. When the devil tries to attack your faith and he says, hey, you don't think God's going to care for you, do you? You don't think that God's going to meet your needs, do you? You pull out the sword from Philippians chapter 4 that says, my God will meet every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. When God tries to attack you at the point of your destiny and he says to you, hey, you don't think that God's going to use that, use you and you, uh, use you, use your life that way, do you? That's too big for you. You're too weak. You're too limited. You don't have the knowledge to pull that off. Then you pull out the sword that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Devil, you are right. I am too limited. I am too weak. I do not have the resources, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Bible is a weapon. And the truest thing about you, child of God, is what your heavenly Father says about you. Church, do you believe that this morning? Man, you better believe it. You better believe it. I know that the devil is working in the room right now and he's looking at you and he's saying, hey, not true for you, not true for you. You don't feel that's true, do you? Christian, I'm telling you, and this is true, God cannot love you any more than he does right now. You are loved perfectly, perfectly by God. The truest thing about you is what God says about you. Some of you are here and you're not a Christian. And you come to environments like this and you hear, you hear stuff like what I'm saying to you right now and you hear that or maybe you see people's lives who have been changed. Maybe you've got friends who have been coming to Summit and you know that they've been baptized. They've met Jesus since they've started to come to Summit and their lives have been forever changed and you think to yourself, man, I wish that could happen to me. I wish that could happen to me but I can't be forgiven for that because there's something inside of you that says you can't be forgiven. There is no second chance for you and so you think man, I wish there was. I'm telling you right now that the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you you will be saved. 
So when everything in you and around you says that it's not true, God says it is true. I believe the most powerful thing in the universe is a word from God. I believe that one word from God can cause you to see a circumstance differently. That circumstance, that situation that you're about to throw in the towel on, about to walk away from, I believe that one word from God can give you everything you need to press on a little bit. I believe that one word from God can bring hope to where there isn't any. I believe that one word from God can bring life to where there has been death. I believe that the word of God is the most powerful thing in the universe. And so here's what we're going to do. And I'm going to come back out in just a moment. I want you to see the word of God. I want you to see some things that God says about you today. Because here's my sense of what's in the room right now. Most of you are having a hard time with this one. Maybe you stayed up a little late last night. Maybe for some reason you're not buying it. You're here, you're a Christian, you're just struggling, believing this. I want you to see some things that God says about you. And if you're here, you're a Christian, I don't care about the junk in your life, man. I don't care about all the times you've dropped the ball this week. I don't care about all the times you messed up as a dad, as a mom, as a husband, as a wife. As a teenager, as a student, as a boss, as a manager, as an employee, I don't care. Because I want you to see things from God that are true about you in Christ regardless. And so some words are going to come up here on the screen. And as they come, you probably want to stop maybe at one of these verses. And you just might want to pray, oh God, help me to believe that. Oh God, help me to believe that again. I used, God, I used to believe that and I don't anymore. God, help me to believe it. Maybe you, you want to write a couple of these down. And memorize and make them a part of your life. But as these come up on the screen, I'm going to ask them to turn the stage lights down. As these come up on the screen, just take a few minutes. You pray through these and let the Word of God, the most powerful thing in the universe, speak to you. Pray with me. Let's pray.
God, I thank you that Jesus marched right into the wilderness and faced the devil head on. And he did it for me. And he did it for every person in the room. And he was victorious over the devil. And Jesus, I thank you that because you are victorious in you, in Christ, so are we. And I pray for everybody that's in the room this morning. God, I pray for them. Father, that a word from you, maybe something not even on the screen, maybe something that not even that I've said, but as your Holy Spirit speaks in the room to individual hearts, that a word from you would change everything. That a word from you would bring people back from the edge of giving up. That a word from you would be, bring, bring people back from the edge of quitting. That a word from you would give hope. That a word from you would give fresh vision. That a word from you would change everything. With every head bowed and eye closed, nobody is looking around. But I wonder if there are people in the room today and you would say, Mark, not even thinking about the devil, but just as we've been doing this series, thinking about our enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Mark, I have been going through a lot lately, and I just need somebody to pray for me. Would you just lift your hand up right now? Praise God. There's a hand. Let's just be honest. Nobody's There's a hand. There's a hand. Hands are going up. Say, Mark, I know that the enemy is coming at me. I just want prayer right now. Raise your hand. Praise God. Hands are going up. Put your hands down. Hands down. Hands down. Anybody else that hasn't raised their hand there and say, Mark, I just need prayer. I know the enemy is really coming at me, man. I want to say to every hand that just went up, maybe your hand didn't go up, don't you quit. Jesus beat the devil for you. And in Jesus, if you belong to him, you're victorious right now. You're his right now. But I know that there's probably people in the room that's not true about you because you're not a Christian you've never given your life to Jesus and I'm not talking about being a nice moral person that's not at all what I mean I mean have you ever went to God and said God I am a sinner I want to live for Jesus I want a relationship with him I want you I need you in my life I mean, as you're sitting here within the sound of my voice, can you honestly say that you have a relationship with Jesus? If not, let's start it today. If not, let's let's make this the day that everything changes. Let's make this the day that the line in the sand was drawn. And you look back at it and you say, I'll never be who I used to be because of what God did in me that day. So if you're here and you know that you need Jesus in your life, then I'm going to pray a prayer and I just invite you to pray this with me right there where you're at, going to Jesus and asking Him, Jesus, I want you into my life. You just pray this prayer with me if you want to give your life to Him for the very first time. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Save me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you loved me. Thank you that you brought me here today. Thank you for a second chance. I give my life to you. Amen. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, you raise your hand. 
Don't worry about what other people around you are thinking because at the end of the day, you don't stay in the front of any of these people. Their opinion is not ultimate. God's opinion is ultimate. So if you just prayed that prayer, you want to start a relationship with Jesus today, when I say three, you shoot your hand up. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you just did that. Praise God. One, two, any other hands? Any other hands going up? Three, any other hands? Anybody else? Praise God for those hands. You put your hands down, praise God for you. Praise God for you. Anybody else that would say, today's the day I want to give my life to Jesus. Father, I thank you for new life. I thank you that Jesus changes lives. I thank you that, Father, the gospel of Jesus, that he lived and he died and he rose again, changes eternities and destinies and families and people and God, we just give you glory for what you've done today. Father, we thank you and we love you in your name. Amen. Church, let's give God praise for not only changed lives, but that Jesus is victorious and in him so are we. Praise God for that. Listen, if you just raised your hand to say, I gave my life to Christ for the very first time, I want to say to you, you are not done. You're not done. You just took the first step. You just took your first step into a new relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you, there's a whole world you just walked into, and we're excited for you. We want to help you do that. But listen to me. If you just did that, I want you to take your connection card, and on the back of it, there's a box that says, I've, give, I've received Jesus Christ. Check that box. Check that box. Maybe you're here today, and listen, if you're here, you're a Christian. Maybe you just gave your life to Christ today or you've been, a, you, you've been a Christian for a while, you've never been baptized. Next Sunday is Baptism Sunday here. We do those once a month. And if you're here and you're a Christian, but you've never been baptized since you've given your life to Christ, get baptized next Sunday. All you need to do to be a part of that is take your card, flip it over, and check the box that says, I want to be baptized. But listen, if you gave your life to Christ today, we're pumped for you. We're excited for you. Guys, just started awesome, something so awesome and great and beautiful in your life and when you leave today we've got some free uh, a free gift for you in the back we're going to put that in your hands guys uh, our ushers are going to come up front right now to take up our offering and we also ask you to fill out your connection card if you want to volunteer here at summit you want anything you want uh, to know about us anything you want to do here any decision you've made indicate that on your card and put that in the offering plate as it goes around we give every single week because God has given to us God gave us Jesus and God loves, the Bible says, a cheerful giver. And so we give not begrudgingly. We don't hate what we're doing right now. We love to give because God's given to us. And we see it as an opportunity not only to worship, but that God's going to use this to change lives. And so uh, give as God leads you. And make sure you drop those connection cards in the offering plate today. If you're a first-time guest, we got a free gift for you in the back. Uh, make sure that you pick that up. And next Sunday, we start a brand-new series called Don't Give Up. If you know somebody that's given up, that's about to give up, maybe they used to go to church, they don't go to church anymore, you do whatever it takes to get them here. You tell them, hey, we're going to Walmart Sunday morning. You pull in the form. They'll say, what are you doing? Say, we're going to Walmart after church. Told you. But just do what you got to do. Don't lie. I'm just kidding. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't do that. All right? Don't do that. We don't roll that way. But bring somebody with you. These next four weeks, don't give up. going to be a powerful time here at Summit, and you don't want to miss it. Guys, love you more than you know. Our band is going to play us out after we take up the offering. See you guys next week.
song we turned to Isaiah chapter 25 and then just started getting out the guitar playing as as I was reading and what came out was verbatim that says oh Lord you are my God I will exalt you and I will praise your name forever for you have done great things your plans are faithful your plans are true you have been a stronghold for those who seek you a shelter for the storm and a shade from the heat you will swallow up death forever. You will wipe every tear from our eye. This is our God. We have waited for him, and he has saved us. He has saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him, and he has saved us. Let's stand as we're dismissed this morning, and let's worship the God, proclaiming, This is our God, O oh Lord. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name forever. You have done great things. The plans are faithful, plans are true. You have been a stronghold to those who seek you. Shelter from the storm and a shade. You will swallow up death. Sing it out. You will swallow up death forever. Wipe every tear. And wipe every tear from our eyes. This is our God. We have waited for Him. And He has saved us. He has saved. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. And He has saved us. He has saved us. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning at Summit Community Church. We'll see you next week. You are dismissed. Waiting for him and he has saved us. He has saved.
saved us. 